0: What I want to talk to you about today is speech. We were doing Bible study on Tuesday a couple of weeks ago when we got talking about speech and Lashon Hara and so forth. It's been a while since we've talked about it. There's three kinds of speech. first one is evil speech, and that's Lashon Hara. And most of you have been well-educated about Lashon Hara. Some of you haven't. We have a lot of new people, praise God. So I want to talk about that briefly. The second one is hurtful speech, And in Hebrew, that's called Onaas devorim, speech that hurts or wounds. And then the third one is what I will call courageous speech. And I don't have a Hebrew term for that. Most of you who have been here for a while have seen this. This is by the Hofos Haim Foundation. It's Shmiras Halashon, which means the power of speech. And it is lessons on how to avoid... LeSean hurrah! We think it's so important that we have bought dozens of copies of this and there are I think nine or ten of them left back there in the uh, fellowship hall and if at the end of this you have not been through this and you want to go through this, which I recommend, go get one. And for those of you who have taken them home and they are on your nightstand gathering dust and you haven't actually done anything with them, do something with them. And if you're finished with them, you can bring them back if you wish. This is one I'm reading right now by the same foundation. It's the Hufvitz Foundation. This is called Positive Word Power. And what this one is is how to avoid hurtful speech. And i got to tell you, as I'm going through this, this one is hitting me right in the gut because I am recognizing myself on almost every page. Sometimes it's painful, but it's worth doing. The idea is speech is such a powerful thing. You all know, of course, that God created the entire world simply through the power of speech. So words are extremely powerful. And our problem is we live in a society that doesn't understand the power of speech. And in fact, as I used to say, if it wasn't for nasty speech, some people wouldn't be able to speak at all. It's very difficult living in our society to avoid improper speech. When you go out and you watch television or listen to a radio or whatever, 90% of the speech that you hear is not good speech. From little kids being smart and bad-mouthing their parents and their teachers and so forth, all the way to adults ripping and tearing at each other with their words and people just wanting to seem clever... You know, always have a clever comeback, and most of those clever comebacks are cutting and wanting not to seem naive. If you go through life and you speak well, people are going to look at you and go, Who are you, little Mary Sunshine? So the society that we work in is prone to improper speech. And a lot of negative speech that people engage in is not malicious, better way to say it, is not intended to be malicious. There's a difference, because a lot of it is malicious, but unintentionally so. And part of that is simply due to ignorance. That's why we have bought all those copies of the Hofitzhaim Hayim book, because just like anything else, you can be taught. What these books do is they sensitize you to the power of your words, and they also sensitize you to the damage that you can be doing inadvertently. Most people who harm with speech aren't intending to be malicious. It's just the culture we swim in, and you're used to speaking that way, and you're used to hearing people all the time speak around you that way, and what happens is you say things that tear down Your relationships and tear down the community, mostly out of ignorance. Now, if you are angry with somebody and you're having a fight, that's not ignorant, okay? You're intending to damage each other, and there are ways that you can then make up and so forth. But I'm talking about just sort of the everyday speech that people engage in. Another reason that people improperly speak is what I call relative positioning. The fastest way to appear taller is to push people down around you. A lot of speech is intended to push people down around you so that you appear taller. You have not, in fact, gained any stature. You are, in fact, not taller. You are simply above others, and for some people that's enough. I will suggest that that's not the way God wants you to speak. One of the reasons people do it is what I would call misguided altruism. One of the ways that Christians gossip is they say, We need to pray for so and so. And then you get to vomit all this negative stuff about so and so under the guise of, We got to pray for this guy. Very often, you're not doing any good. What you're doing is you're, in fact, damaging the person in the community. So let's start with Lashon Hurrah. Lashon Hurrah always involves at least three people there's the one speaking. There's the one listening, and there's the one being spoken about. So if you've got three people and there is negative or improper speech going on, what you're doing is Lashon Hara. Ona'as Devarim is two people, the one speaking and the one being spoken to. So the central difference between Lashon Hara and Ona'as Devarim is that third person. In Lashon Hara, what you're doing is one person is speaking to another in a way that serves to damage the third person. That's textbook definition of it. I'm going to go through ten rules about Lashon Hara. This is from rabbinic sources, but they are excellent. And you can get them out of the book there, or you can get them on the internet. This is not secret stuff. It's just stuff that most people don't pay any attention to. And one of the things that one of the rabbinic sources I like says is, you guys like to study. That's one of the characteristics of this congregation is we study a lot. Well, nobody likes to study stuff he already knows. You always want to be studying new stuff. You want to be finding out new things. You want to be finding out exciting things that you didn't know before and nobody else knows and you can appear really smart because you now know them. Very human. And it's okay. That's okay. And the problem with the laws of proper speech is, as I tell you these laws, you're going to say, gee, that's obvious. And because they are obvious, they are things that most people don't spend any time studying. Because you'd really rather be off in some place in prophecy and finding out some arcane thing about this word that's only used in this place in the Bible, and it means all that, And, and I mean, that's the fun stuff. So nobody likes to spend time studying stuff that they should know. And I'm going to suggest to you that it's really important that you do because you forget. So the first one, it is Lashon hurrah to convey a derogatory image of someone even if it is true and deserved. So the worst kind of Lashon Hara is stuff that is actually true. And one of the defenses that people give when they are gossiping is, but it's true. I'm not lying about this person. I'm telling the truth. Yes, you are. And that is often the most damaging kind of speech you can do. If you are damaging a third party by true speech, you are engaging in Lashon Hara. The next one, a statement which is not actually derogatory but can ultimately cause someone physical, financial, or emotional harm is also Lashon Hara. Let me give you an example. Let's say that I'm over at Larry's house. Somebody comes up to the door, and Larry makes a very generous gift to this person, charity. Larry just pulls out his wallet and gives him 500 bucks. Kay said snarkily, I'll be over this afternoon, Larry. And that's the point. What you are doing is you are saying something positive about Larry, but Larry, A, may not want it known. And B, he doesn't want it around the community because he doesn't want everybody showing up at his door expecting charity. So even though you're saying something positive about Larry, he gave this guy 500 bucks, what you are doing is you are potentially damaging Larry in the community, and that's what's shown her Even though you don't intend it, you're intending to compliment Larry, you're intending to build him up, But what you're winding up doing is you are changing the perspective of the community about Larry and you are putting him in a position where he may wind up being damaged when Kay comes to his house and says, Well, you gave that guy 500 bucks. What's wrong with you that you won't give me 500 bucks? You can afford it. See where this goes? This is not something that most people would think of as Lashawn Hurrah. That's why I'm saying you've got to study this stuff to understand what the ramifications of your speech are. Next one. It is Lashon Hurrah to humorously recount an incident that contains embarrassing or damaging information about a person, even if there is not the slightest intent that they should suffer any harm or humiliation. This happens especially in families. How many of you have had a brother or a sister or a mother or a father tell a story about you to somebody else And you sort of wind up getting embarrassed and so forth. That's Lashon Hurrah. Because what you've done is you've damaged the person. And oh, by the way, next rule. It is still forbidden even if you incriminate yourself. So, for example, we're telling the story about what. use my son Matthew. And I will not tell a story about Matthew. But if I were telling a story about Matthew, it is not an excuse that I say Matthew and I both did this. The fact that I'm involved does not make it all right to bring Matthew into the story. Lashon Hara cannot be communicated in any way, shape, or form. Oh, roll your eyes and all that. I mean, there are lots of ways to communicate that don't involve words. So just because you're not actually speaking doesn't mean it's not Lashon Hara. To speak against the community as a whole is a particularly severe offense. Harmful remarks about children are also Lashon Hara. Adults talk about children as if they weren't there. And that can often be very damaging. We'll get into that when we get into the Odash Lashon Hara cannot be repeated even to close relatives, including one spouse. Now, there's sort of an exception to that if you read the book. Let's say that You have a really, really bad day at work. And your boss has treated you really, really unfairly. And you come home and you're just full of frustration. It is, in fact, permitted to sort of blow off some steam to your wife. Because she's your comfort. She's your companion. But for me and Kay to go home and talk about people in the congregation, that would not be appropriate. The difference is, one, you're going to your help meet because you have had a really rotten time and you just need to talk to somebody, as opposed to, gee, did you see what so-and-so was wearing and did you see, you know, that kind of stuff, that's not permitted. Even if the listener has previously heard the derogatory account or the information has become public knowledge and the subject will not suffer any further damage, it is nevertheless the shun her So if everybody in the world knows that Ken over there knocked over a liquor store. Everybody knows it. And talking about Ken knocking over a liquor store is not going to further damage Ken's reputation in the congregation at all. I mean, he's been hauled off in irons, and everybody knows that he did that. It's still forbidden. And the reason it's forbidden is because... It affects the one speaking and it affects the one spoken to. What you are doing is you are lowering yourself and you're coarsening your soul. So speaking that kind of stuff, even if the third party won't be further damaged, is still forbidden because it's just low stuff that you don't want to engage in. It's not good for your spirit and your soul. There's another Hebrew term, it's called Rahelis. And what that means is telling derogatory information about somebody else. Let me give you an example. Ken has knocked over our liquor store, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell Suzanne that Ken has implicated her in the crime. That she was, in fact, the one driving the getaway car, but they only caught Ken. What I have done is I have caused conflict between Ken and Suzanne. So by telling Suzanne that Ken has said something about her, now Suzanne doesn't like Ken. If I were talking to Jody and I say, Jody, not only did Suzanne drive the car, but she really badmouthed you in the process. So now what you've done is I have lowered Suzanne in your sight. It's called Rachelus, which means the dust of Lashon Hara. So that's also forbidden. And then finally, it is forbidden to listen to Lashon Hara. If someone inadvertently hears Lashon Hara, it is forbidden to believe it. One should give the person the benefit of the doubt. Assume the information is inaccurate or the person does not realize they were doing something wrong. And sort of the classic example... And this, this is a rabbinic example, and you've got to understand the rabbinic prohibition against cheeseburgers to understand this. Jews don't mix milk and meat, so cheeseburgers are forbidden according to rabbinic law. I will eat a cheeseburger, but an Orthodox Jew will not. So if I were to see Dennis coming out of McDonald's where they serve cheeseburgers, What I've got to do is I've got to assume that Dennis was just in there to use the bathroom. In other words, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I have to assume that there is some perfectly innocent reason for Dennis to be in a place that doesn't serve kosher food. This this is a rabbinic example. I mean, there's nothing wrong with McDonald's. McDonald's is okay. The whole point is when you see somebody doing something wrong, what you want to do is assume the best. And as one of the things I've said before, is everybody here has a justifier. In other words, when I do something really nasty, I've got really good reasons why I did it and why the rules don't apply to me under those circumstances and what I did was okay under those circumstances. I'm really good at that when I want to do something nasty. So, what you need to do is you need to take that justification facility that you have and you've got to apply it in Dennis's favor. Okay, so that's LaShawn Hurrah. There are exceptions. And everybody wants to know the exceptions. You do. Everybody wants to know the exceptions. You can speak negatively about somebody when there is a constructive purpose to be gained. For example, if I were to see one of Aaron's children doing something wrong, I would go to Aaron and say, you know what Phineas just did? That's not Lashon Hurrah because there is correction to be made. In other words, we both have a, a, a stake in correcting Phineas's behavior. So for me to tell something negative about Phineas to Matthew or Aaron would not be Lashon Hurrah. Or if I were to tell something negative, we don't have any other little kids here today, but if somebody else's child, if I were to go to the parent and say something, that would not be Lashon Hurrah. It is not Lashon Hara to speak against someone who is wicked. So, for example, if I were to say something negative about the female presidential candidate on the Democrat side, that would not be LaShawn Hurrah because, in my estimation, she's wicked. So the deal here is it is not LaShawn Hurrah if there is a constructive purpose. So, again, let's take Phineas as an example. If I were out with Phineas and I saw somebody do something wrong, I would say to Phineas, you see that? Don't do that. That's wrong. So I'm instructing the young. So if there's a constructive purpose to be gained, it is not Lashon Hara. That's sort of your basic rule. All right, moving right along. Destructive words. Onaas Devarin. This is, as I say, by the same group that published the other book. And I don't know whether they have a little pocket size one. And this is just my copy. When I get finished, we may buy copies. Harmful speech. This, by the way, is the most damaging in families because living together in a family, what you discover is where people's buttons are. You can't help it. And so what happens is you wind up saying things that cut. One of the things that I have learned about myself is I cannot tease people. There's just something about me that I say something meaning to tease and people just get angry and red in the face and I've just finally learned I can't tease people. And especially I don't tease my wife because, as I say, I mean it very benignly, but nobody takes it that way from me. It's Just one of those things that I have. So hurtful speech can destroy relationships. And remember I said the difference between Lashon Hara and Anas Devarim is the number of people involved. Hurtful speech is one-on-one. Lashon Hara involves a third person. Proverbs 12.18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 21.19. It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. And that goes the other way, obviously. Having read the Lashon Hurrah book, there's a lot of commonality between the two, and I will suggest to you that that's also worthy of your study. Is learn how to control your tongue. Now, the last thing I want to go through is what I will call courageous speech. There's a guy I read; he's an English professor not a professor of the English language. He is a professor who lives in Great Britain. And his specialty is C.S. Lewis, so forth. I've told you about him before. He's much like C.S. Lewis. God sort of tapped him on the shoulder in later life. And where he wound up was he's a Mormon. He's never been a Mormon. He has simply read Mormon theology and thinks that's what makes sense. Having said that, He was quoting a guy, again, another Brit, by the name of William Arkell, and the book is The Geography of Consciousness. And the quote is, The superstitious attitude assumes that there is some cunning and perverted consciousness presiding over all our acts, and if we fail to keep to the special and secret rules, this presiding entity causes unpleasant things to happen to us and our loved ones. Now, let's think about that for a minute. And I'll give you an example. Anybody have brothers and sisters? As a child, did you learn not to let anybody know that you wanted a stuffed animal toy? Because you knew that if your brother or sister knew that that was what you wanted, they would get it first and take it away from you. I'm hearing chuckles out there. And in uh, mythology, that is called nemesis. I don't believe in mythology, but nemesis was a spiritual being that watched people, and if you got too much good stuff, it would come in and take stuff away from you to even the balance. So the idea here is if you express joy, happiness, or hope, you might attract unwelcome attention, and people will envy you or will come and cut you down. Anybody suffer from that? I do. In fact, there's a movie. And one of the lines of one of the characters is, I don't trust happiness. Now, Scripture says that there are angelic beings that God has set to help you. Yeshua says, you know, these little ones, their angel sees the face of God. So there are angelic beings out there that are set to help you. There are also angelic beings out there that are set to harm you if you believe in the spiritual world, which I do, and we are all used to having negative things happen. And it's a very normal thing to say, if I attract too much attention here, something bad's going to happen. Let me suggest, and this is where the insight from my Mormon friend comes in, is Satan all-powerful? No. So part of this attitude is, if I don't attract any attention, nobody's going to mess with me. Well, if you go around like Eeyore, anybody know who Eeyore is? Yeah. Winnie the Pooh, the donkey, you know, with a clown over his head. So if you go around with Eeyore, what do you suppose the attitude of the beings that are set by God to help you is going to become? He never appreciates anything I do. In other words, I bore him up so he would not dash his foot against the stone, right? And he wasn't grateful. He didn't recognize that I had borne him up so he wouldn't dash his foot against the stone. I will suggest that it is very courageous for you to speak joyfully and hopefully always, especially you raised your hand tentatively as I was talking about this phobia it's really important that you speak your hopes and your joy out your words have power and furthermore it is simply an expression of gratitude toward the angelic beings who are set by God to watch over you and I will suggest that for many people me included it takes real courage to do that Because even if you don't believe that you will attract the attention of demonic beings, you also will attract the attention of people around you. Kay has a friend, whose name I will not mention, who just gets angry when Kay says, I'm blessed. Well, who are you? What makes you so special? Truly, people will occasionally get angry and envious when you speak that way that's why i say it It takes courage back when you were two and three years old and i'm not going to tell anybody that's what i want because if i do my older brother is going to grab it first and i'm not going to get it it starts at that level it starts at that point in your life and you just transfer it to the spiritual world if you will so it takes real courage to stand up and say i'm blessed I am hoping that this is what's going to happen next. This is what I want to have happen next. That's an expression of hope. And as a two-year-old, that would often result in you losing a stuffed animal or losing a cookie. And you've got to get over that. Because God has indeed set beings to watch over you lest you dash your foot against a stone. And what you're doing is you're, A, empowering those beings by your speech, and you're also expressing gratitude for what they've done for you. And that's not normal, unfortunately. It's a learned thing, just like learning what Lashon Hurrah is, learning what harmful speech is. Those are all things that you can learn, but you've got to want to learn them first. And what I'm suggesting to you is that those are three things you really want to study. Please consider becoming a sponsor you can sponsor us for as little as a dollar a month. Please visit crimsonthread.com slash purpose for an explanation of what we're doing and perhaps to become a sponsor. Thank you.